0: Hello, this is the Canola Watch Podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. The topic for this episode is spring conditioning of canola in storage with a special focus on high moisture canola and why it requires a different approach than dry canola. With me are...
1: This is Lauren Grieger with PAMI. I'm one of the project managers for ag research and development out of our Portage La Prairie operations.
2: I'm Angela Bracknery, Agronomy Specialist with the Canola Council of Canada, and I focus on storage management of canola.
0: Angela leads off by describing the spring storage situation for many canola farmers.
2: I probably don't need to remind anyone that we had a, a unprecedented harvest situation in, in 2019, and and that led to a lot of high moisture grain being harvested and the, the inability to condition it. So high moisture grain remaining on-farm throughout the winter.
0: The next question, when does this become a risk as we're coming out of winter?
1: As we're getting into uh, springtime, this is a challenge where your, your outside temperatures now are, are exceeding potentially what that safe storage temperature uh, normally would be, and putting you in a, in a position where uh, the combination of temperature and moisture now becomes uh, unstable.
2: We were already in a very high-risk situation with a lot of the canola that was on-farm most producers manage to stabilize it by by getting it sufficiently cold and uniformly cold but as lauren has pointed out the concern is starts when we get large temperature differentials so there's a lot of there's a lot of heat in the in the sun we've got longer days so you know you the sunny side of that bin starts to warm up uh you've got let's say 11 12 percent moisture canola and a large temperature differential those are just perfect conditions for moisture to start migrating and hot spots to to form.
0: And Does that describe the key difference between the spring conditioning and fall?
1: Uh, I would say the difference between spring and the fall time is you have that uh, heat load from the sun and you have cold grains. You have a large differential and anytime you have differential there's a chance for hot spots and those hot uh, pockets are are a chance for spoilage to occur. Uh, It's a bit different in winter when you're cooling it down where you can bring the temperature down across the, the grain bin uh, uniformly and uh, the cool temperatures are a uh, really a way to reduce risk. Now we're in the opposite situation coming into spring, we're actually bringing that temperature up. As soon as you bring temperatures up, that's when you have that combination that's potentially unstable, having a higher temperature plus higher moisture content and uh, risk for spoilage increases dramatically at that point.
0: Is there a, a rule on when farmers should start conditioning again?
1: Uh, I would say one of the things to be aware of is just understanding what the conditions are inside your bin and monitoring that as the first step. And as soon as you see any uh, potentially changes in the grain temperature starting to rise, that's that's a critical time and and having a chance to go and make adjustments in your storage practice to um, mitigate that risk is, is really critical at that point.
2: And the real challenge in the spring typically is particularly in the early spring is we don't have conditions for nad or natural uh, air drying um, and and so it's hard to determine when when to start because in a lot of cases all we will be doing is just at increasing the temperature but not really accomplishing accomplishing any drying um, because basically we can't dry with nad um, until temperatures are Around fifteen degrees Celsius and less than seventy percent relative humidity, so it's a real balancing act if you don't have supplemental heat, uh, you don't want to start those fans too soon.
1: I guess what we've been saying so far is once you start once you turn your fans on, don't stop at that point, otherwise you could create a local hot spot, and that's the risk that goes with it
0: and the the other Pami study that looked at leaving canola until the summer and not really touching it being best option. That doesn't apply here because we're talking about high moisture. Is that correct, Angela?
2: Yeah, that uh, that work was really interesting, but it was dealing with canola that was less than, than 9% moisture content, um, and it was also frozen throughout the winter. So it, it sheds some light um, on those situations, but this is very different than, than that.
0: Lauren, anything to add on that study? Yeah,
1: and that's that's exactly it. It's a difference in terms of the condition. Um, at this case, if you have high moisture canola, you need to deal with it now in springtime as opposed to having dry canola that went in prior to wintertime. Um, at this point, it, it will start to spoil because of that high moisture content, and you need to be ready to manage that situation, deal with it, whether it's through in-bin um, supplemental heating systems uh, at this time of year where you can Actually, effectively um, dry down the canola in a in a bin setting or through a, a dryer setup.
0: Anything more to add on this particular part of the conversation, Angela?
2: Yeah. Well, of course, as always, careful monitoring is is really important. Um, so, if you're if you're doing in bin conditioning, um, monitoring until you get it to that point that it's that it's at your conditioning goal, which I mean, if you're selling it right away, that could be 10%, but if you are storing it um, for for a longer period of time, you want it to get to, to 8% moisture content or, or less, of course. Lauren?
0: I would just echo
1: what Angela said. Monitoring is critical for understanding what your risk is, and w- through the monitoring process, then, you can make those decisions and understanding, then, uh, what your outside conditions are in terms of your ambient temperature and humidity and how that can affect... potential to dry the grain in the bin and then from there understanding your setup that you currently have in your bin whether it actually is going to be effective for removing that moisture from the stored canola again looking at your airflow rates is important Um, understanding how much heat you need to add to drive out the moisture that you're looking to do and and accomplish and also your ventilation as well making sure that you can actually extract the uh, moisture from the top of the bin so heat adding heat to your grain uh, removes the moisture from the grain kernel adding the air now removes that extracted moisture out through the grain mass out through the top of the bin so uh, making sure you understand the principles and can make good decisions based on uh, what you're currently seeing for your conditions inside the bin versus your ambient conditions outside.
2: That's a really good point point. Um, and another key difference with with spring conditioning is we're dealing with cold grain and blowing warm air on it where we can we have a very large potential for condensation the typical rule of thumb for ventilation is one square foot per thousand cfm of airflow, um, but we don't really know if that's enough when we're dealing with high moisture and high temperatures with the supplemental heating system, for instance. So, best thing is is to watch closely and keep those fans going to expel that moisture as effectively as possible.
0: I just want to get a clarification on monitoring. Both of you are using mentioning how important it is to monitor, but can you just provide some details on what you mean? Do you just mean cables? Do you mean, or do you mean moving a whole bin? Or I would, I think it would be important to describe what you mean.
2: I guess monitoring is made much easier if you have monitoring cables. As always, we don't want to completely rely on them. We need to, you know, make sure that they are operating effectively, and they do have limitations, of course. Um, but monitoring can also be probing um, from. Any available hatch in the bin, um, or it could be physically turning the bin, um, which has the added benefit of of potentially disrupting or breaking up any any hot spots. There's limitations to to probing. I mean, number one, you're climbing up a up a tall bin with a probe that can that has safety implications. Um, but also, it's it's difficult to really get a good feel for all areas of the bin. But but any way that we can monitor is better than nothing at all.
1: Typically when I'm saying monitoring, if possible, have cables. Knowing that there are limitations, you're not going to see exactly, but anything you can do to understand what the conditions are inside that bin, whether it's a physical sample uh, or cables to help identify various uh, layers and what the temperature moisture profile is inside the bin is helpful. Again, anything you can do to see inside uh, to allow you to make good decisions is, is really important.
0: If the outside is warming up, quite a bit faster than the inside, which will be the case with this warmer sun. The Would, would the cable pick that up in time, given that they're, they'd be maybe 10 feet away from the outside edge, possibly? And I
1: think that's one of the risks when you start looking at placement of cables and how they're located inside the bin. Not every bin will have the same setup, but understanding what that differential is between your outside wall versus your core of your bin, and where your cables are located, uh, if you're using cables, so I think that's really important to, to make sure you understand that the difference that potentially you could see from the um, side that has the sun load compared to what your center of your your uh, bin would be seen in the conditions of the grain at that point.
0: That's basically a wrap on this podcast, but Angela wanted to take another stab at one of the earlier questions.
2: Hey Jay, I think I think my beginning thing on, on uh, when the high moisture canola become a risk was kind of like incoherent.
0: I thought it was really good, Angela. (laughs) 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 Do you want to do another take? So here we go. You want to take a second stab at the question, when does high-moisture canola become a risk in the spring as we're coming out of winter?
2: Yeah, so I guess I would say that uh, canola in a bin is never risk-free, but a lot of producers successfully got it stable in the winter using really cold temperatures, even with high moisture grain, that starts to become quite risky in the spring as uh, it was a lot a lot more heat packed in that sun and the sunny side of the, the bin starts to warm up, which then can create pretty wide temperature differentials in the bin and the perfect conditions for moisture to start migrating, potentially creating hot spots.
0: Excellent. Thanks, you two.
2: Well, I really enjoyed this. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah.
0: Thanks, yeah. well, thanks. Thanks a lot, Jay. For more storage tips, visit the storage sections of canolaencyclopedia.ca and canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Thanks for listening. I'm
1: Jay Wedder.